You are listening to the Unipreneurs Podcast. We're coming to you live from the startup unicorn capital of Stockholm, Sweden. My name is Alexa Edström. And I'm Emma Lindholm. We're two current students. We showcase student entrepreneurs from around the world by sharing their stories with you, the struggles and successes. We want to inspire you to start your own entrepreneurial journey as a student or recent graduate by motivating a new generation of unipreneurs. You can find us online at unipreneurs.com to learn more or follow with our podcast. It's time to make an impact. Whatever it is that you are passionate about, be it gender equality, clean water, or stopping climate change, Waves helps you invest in your values. Impact means making a positive change on the world. They help you invest in mutual funds with stakes in companies solving some of the biggest challenges of our time. In fact, investing in the right mutual funds is 27 times more impactful than other lifestyle changes you make. Waves allows you to invest in your values and track your impact. By utilizing existing infrastructure and financial systems to overcome the world's most pressing issues, their team believes that anyone could change the world and that it starts with something as simple as an investment. On today's episode, Emma and I are interviewing Alexander Jacobson, the CEO and founder of Waves. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Unipreneurs podcast. This is Alexa Edstrom speaking. I'm joined today with Emma Lindholm, my co-host. Hello. Hi, everyone. And we are joined today by a very, very special guest, a close friend of mine that I met back in the day, Alexander Jacobson. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, Alex, we're super excited to have you on the show today. Okay. It's actually really cool that we met through Unipreneurs. What was it, two or three years ago now? Yeah, about three years ago, I think. Yeah, back in the day when uh, Unipreneurs was kind of all the heads of the different entrepreneurial associations at the different schools, we would meet up every month to kind of discuss the hackathon that we were arranging and sync on events that we were hosting. And Alex was representing I Start from KTH, and I was there, I think, representing SU. or No, I was the Create Squared project manager at that point in time. Uh, so we met there back in the day at Naima's old office at Dreams, I think. That was really fun. And uh, we kind of became friends instantly. I think I invited you to a party or something back in our really uh, young student days. And you fun brought times. your friends. And now kind of all of our friend groups are interlinked somehow. Yeah, they're all dating. Yeah. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it is weird, small yeah. Small world, It isn't is it? such a small world. Uh, so Alex... Uh, clearly, since you were in Unipreneurs from the start, you've always had an interest in entrepreneurship. But for those who are listening, they do not know you as well as I know you. So if you could tell us a bit about your background, 
because you're definitely not the average Swedish student. I mean, you speak three or five languages, you've lived in like different countries, and you got involved with entrepreneurship from your second semester of university when you were very young. So tell us about you. Uh, yeah, so to clear up the whole language thing, uh, <laughs> I, I speak three languages fluently and then I, I read German and Fula. Which, which is are my... the three languages you speak? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Swedish, French and English. Very and I impressive. also read those actually, so yeah. And how did you learn those? How I know your I mom them? speaks French. Well, yeah, my, so basically my dad is Swedish and he met my mom here and my mom is from, from Guinea. Mm-hmm. which uh, is an old French colony. So mm-hmm. they have both like French as an official language and Guinean as, um, well, my mother's kind of like ethnic language. And then they have like 12 other languages in the country of Guinea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, <clears throat> throughout I've lived in um, in West, West Africa, so in and around uh, Guinea. So I've lived in Ivory Coast and in Senegal also. All uh, French-speaking. All French-speaking. And then I moved uh, to Sweden for high school, and then I started to study here at KDH. It was actually, I was actually set to study in the U.S. And then I started the, like the intro week here at KDH because school in the U.S. started in, like October or something. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I just liked it so much, so I just <laughs> canceled my ticket to the U.S. Wow, uh, <laughs> the KDH must have made quite an impression yeah, in that case. Uh, just to kind of uh, brief everyone, we talked a bit about KTH last episode, but yeah. that's the KTH Royal Institute of Technology here in exactly. Stockholm. But did you get into an American university? Yeah, uh, I was going to UCLA. What? And uh, <laughs> I feel like you told me this. Either. Yeah, but I completely forgot. Yeah, I was going there to study physics, and uh, then I got into actually my best friend from high school. We got into uh, this uh, program at KDH, and since school is mm-hmm. free in Sweden, I, I was just kind of like, "Why well, am I gonna stay home while everybody else goes to school? I'm just gonna attend like the first couple weeks." Mm-hmm. And the first couple weeks at KDH is uh, <laughs> very hardcore partying. So you liked it, of course. <laughs> I, I guess I kind of got wouldn't? sold a false promise because I thought it was <laughs> it would stay like that. But uh, you liked it so much, you stayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then finally, I stayed. Wow. I think my dad wasn't too happy about it because he had already paid the deposit for UCLA <laughs> and stuff. But oh Change gosh. your plans. Yeah. It, you could say it worked out at the end. But so. you uh, did not get into physics at KTH. You are studying no, actually, industrial yeah. economics. Is that what it would translate to? Yeah, in so I think in Swedish it's called management. industrial yeah. economics. But in, in, in English it's, it translates to industrial, mani- uh, industrial engineering and management, okay. which okay. is... I'd say like 70% normal engineering subjects, mm-hmm. so math, physics, programming, uh, mechanics and whatnot. And then um, like you have a bit of management and economics courses, which really, I guess at the end of the day, kind of suited me a lot better than physics mm-hmm. now looking back after four years of studying. Because... <laughs> uh, uh, oh my gosh, it's been four years. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay, so we have known each other years. three years. Then. Yeah. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you got into UCLA. That's major. Well, yeah. But it's even cooler that you turned it down. You were like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. Well, I, you know, I, I accepted it. And then I was just kind of like, nah. <laughs> it was the parties that got him. Yeah. But apart from the ca- parties at KTH, you got involved with iStart? Mm, yeah. So I started as this, uh, it was very newly started, so it's kind of a startup within uh, 
uh, a startup um, society. It is one of the student associations, right? Yeah, it's a student association in my chapter at KDH. So everybody who studies uh, industrial engineering and management, we have kind of this mini um, kind of clubs that you can mm. participate in. And one of them was iStart. So it's basically like for iTunes for those who would want to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> iPod. Yeah. It's, it's iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, like a play on I because like our, I don't know, yeah, our, index, yeah. our letter is yeah. I because yeah. it's industrial. So. And you also have lame, dog but... and E, which is your. Uh... Yeah, the I day. It's yeah. all about me. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So it's a so play on words. We kind of uh, organized organize or we still organize but I'm not part of it anymore but organize kind of um, workshops and um, invite on uh, like su successful entrepreneurs to inspire our students because uh, like a lot of kind of the industrial economics line at KDH here in Sweden is known as the CEO line uh, <laughs> so you basically get this mix of uh, like uh, an education in like very hardcore technical subjects mm -hmm. and also added to that like at least the basics, I'd mm. say, in uh, economics and um, management. So a lot of people go on to work at like uh, different management consultancies or take a trainee role in some big uh, multinational Swedish multinational, and then you know <laughs> try to compete for being a CEO at some yeah. point. That all sounds very exciting, but that's not the route you chose to go. You started your own company, didn't you? Well, you know, it, it all leads <laughs> up to being a CEO anyway, so. Um, <laughs> and I, and I can just to, yeah, uh, hype you up a bit more here. I can tell you it's more than just the business basics because I just took the industrial management course and it like whipped me into shape. That's for sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was pretty tough finance and accounting. So you definitely get a really, really good background studying that program. For yeah, sure. I, I'd recommend it to anybody who uh, who kind of wants to have a holistic kind of view of of things. I, I'd say if if you're not interested in kind of engineering, uh, then it's not for you because yeah. it's really a lot of uh, a lot of math, a lot of physics, and programming. So, or depending on, then you can choose different specializations inside mm -hmm. that that program. But that's kind of why now I'm like, ah, I, I probably wouldn't be a good physicist anyway. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but now you are a startup CEO, as Emma just mentioned. Uh, so tell us about, yeah, Waves, formerly known as Mia, and what your current venture position is and how the idea came to you. Well, uh, it, it's so weird to be called a startup CEO. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of still me and two friends. But um, yeah, it's, it's very fun. So Waves uh, is um, it's a platform that helps people find uh, impact investments. So what we call impact uh, at Waves is basically companies that are creating solutions um, to create a positive difference on the world. So kind of the, the avenues we've chosen to um, let our customers measure and um, customize that impact is through the Sustainable Development Goals. So you have SDG 1, uh, No Poverty. So we choose companies, for example, in the financial industry that help people uh, create a bank account, uh, have savings, get loans to start a business. Uh, you have SDG 13, Climate Action. So then we uh, recommend funds for you that invest, for example, in uh, clean tech startups that develop technologies in 
uh, solar or wind power. So the way I understood, understand what WAVE do is that you offer people an opportunity to invest in more sustainable alternatives given the risk they have in their current portfolio. Is that how you do it? Um, so either you can kind of um, tell us what kind of stocks you own right now and then we try to um, analyze the risk that they have at this point and then recommend something that is um, on par with that or you tell us what risk you would like to have in this specific investment and we um, choose uh, funds based on that. However, in general, we do not have any low risk funds because as we said, uh, impact for us is trying to make a positive difference. So often these are maybe more, risk more risky companies that are earlier stage or are developing a technology that isn't uh, necessarily as um, uh, proven as uh, business as usual corporations do so um, i'd say to to some extent we do match uh, the risk level but um, as we say in sweden it's it's hard to have your cake and eat it so mm -hmm. at some point uh, often with impact investments you do have to take a larger risk in order to achieve the impact you want but what you say with risk is that the higher the risk the higher the return yeah so it might work out really well in your end. <laughs> well, that, that is, I'd say, on, on, on long term, that's true. Uh, but, you know, you, it's, uh, it's a question about variance. So if, if you ha invest for on a one-year horizon, then uh, you might lose some. But, I mean, on the long term, I think investing to fight climate change is probably a winning bet. Mm -hmm. I would completely agree with that. Definitely. And for those who are interested in checking out Waves, their recently launched prototype, is that how you would describe it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd call it a prototype. Okay. We have uh, a lot of stuff coming up in the following months, and you know, on the long term, it's uh, uh, it's not really. Uh, I yeah, I'd call it yeah. a prototype. Yeah, but your website went live this week, so for yeah. those who are interested, you can go to www.joinwaves.com if you want to sign up, get more information about it, follow them on social media. They're doing some really, really cool stuff there. So you were recently in New York, right? With uh, KTH Innovation. And there you were asked to give an elevator pitch. Yeah, so my elevator pitch there was um, raise your hands if you care about climate change. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, yeah. And yeah, everybody raised their hands. And then I was like, well, most of you actually invest in companies that are contributing to climate change. Uh, through your mutual funds. So if you if you look at most index funds, so funds that invest in the largest mm -hmm. 50 or 100 companies on the stock market, mm -hmm. most of them, uh, since fossil fuels are such a big part of our um, economy, do actually actively invest and contribute to these um, these companies. Um, so, well, now I got into explaining instead of yeah, pitching, it's but. Good. Um, yeah, so our idea is just that if we want to change society, we have to kind of change our vehicle for uh, allocating resources in our society. And that is uh, the financial industry and uh, investments. Yeah. So, yeah. But you've recently done a rebranding. You used to be known as Mia Invest when you kind of first started out and now you're known as Waves. So what has been like the major changes this past six months to a year? Well, there's, I mean, we've only existed for a year, I mean, in the public consciousness. Yeah. So uh, a lot has happened in the last six months. So the name change was about um, 
basically Mia is the name of my niece. Mm. And w- when I started it, it was kind of like, oh, uh, I-, I wanted to do something kind of for her because mm. uh, I'm her godfather. And I thought, well, if we can solve climate change by the time <laughs> she's 10, that would probably be a nice present. That's quite a gift to give someone. Wow. Uh, and, you know... Uh, Don't name your child after someone important to you. Name your company after them. <laughs> I like it that Tattoos way. Tattoos are old school. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, we're... A lot of people in, invest for uh, for their retirement, for their kids, etc. So I thought if we could... Um, help to redirect people's investments to serve mm-hmm. future generations that would be cool and i don't have any kids of myself just yet so yeah. uh mia is kind of who i was thinking of in that moment but uh in the last few months we've had um uh, some uh, co-founders that have left us and some yeah. that have joined mm-hmm. so at that point it didn't really feel uh like i would you know in every kind of venture or organization that i've started there's a point when you kind of start and it's all about you at yeah. the beginning and at some point you kind of have to broaden the appeal and uh, to get in people to work for you and also mm-hmm. people to appreciate the the kind of message that you're trying to put out there so then waves felt uh, like it would resonate a lot better better with uh, new uh, new co-workers and yeah. new customers everyone yeah. needed to catch the wave exactly for climate to solve climate change <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, because I think you had a few friends involved with you at the yeah. beginning, and uh, I guess a lot of our listeners may or may not be familiar with the co-founder journey, but, I mean, you really start to see each other all the time. And yeah, to find do. someone that you are really compatible with working-wise is tough, and a lot of times co-founders, you know, leave or change out, and... That's, and it's that's diffi- just natural. And it's very difficult because yeah. you have to align both your personal goals mm-hmm. as well as your professional life. Yeah. And that is very tough when uh, you are still quite young and might mm-hmm. not maybe be sure of your own path. And then aligning yeah. that with someone else's path mm-hmm. makes it very difficult. So who is currently on the Waves team? Yeah. So right now we've had some some changes in the team. Mm-hmm. So originally it was um, it was me and my two best friends. Yeah. And as you say, you know, you do really spend all your time with your co-founders. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, I've been there. I, <laughs> when, when I started, the, these guys were already my best friends, so I already yeah. spent all my time with them. But it's not the same uh, just partying and sitting around and <laughs> actually working with somebody. Mm-hmm. So It's the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't really say that. We didn't really have any disagreements in that way. It was rather about kind of, the lifestyle that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had been studying together mm-hmm. and they just wanted to be students, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a very different kind of lifestyle to mm-hmm. have to be available for meetings all the time and have mm-hmm. to work after school and have to work on weekends mm-hmm. um, that I guess they weren't really ready for just yet yeah. or didn't yeah. maybe it's want a, at all. It's you a know? big responsibility. It's yeah. a huge responsibility and you're not only responsible for yourself anymore yeah but you have a responsibility to it's your investors and your mm. co-founders and yeah. your possible customers yeah so it extends much further mm. yeah i mean I, I i think it changed a lot from really the beginning when <clears throat> we were just sitting around my dinner table at home and mm. uh thinking just thinking really mm. and um then we got an office and then we got people wanting to invest and now we got 
customers complaining and so it, it really the stakes are getting higher all the time so uh, I think you really have to be ready for that um, and um, but how do you know that you're ready to start a venture when did you feel that you were ready or well, did you not <laughs> <laughs> well I'm well, I, I don't think I will, anybody's ready for, for it before you actually start. And as you know, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. It feels weird when somebody calls me a startup CEO because I, it's not like I jumped into something, uh, a role that was already set out for me. Mm. I kind of grew with the role. And mm. I mean, if I hadn't done anything, I wouldn't have a website. I wouldn't have customers. So. Mm. And you really have to fight for everybody, yeah. Yeah. for each and every person that joins your company or each and every person who's going to look at your website. Yeah. Uh, so you, you kind of grow into it, really. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you can kind of find moments where you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, especially when you kind of get into those situations. For example, when we won uh, Guldraven. What is Guldraven? Uh, it's the startup competition at the Stockholm School of Economics. So we won that in June 2019. And then we got an office and we got all these people wanting to talk to us. And we're like, huh, what is happening here? Like, yeah. uh, we're totally not ready for this. We just, <laughs> but um, you, 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 re of, you really hopped into it, though. I mean, you came to me with this idea, I think, in April yeah. last year. You, you, I mean, I knew you had been bouncing around a lot of ideas for a while, but we were at Crate Squared, our hackathon last year, you were not a participant, but you came and stopped by. You were like, hey, like, I want to pitch this idea I have to you. Yeah. Like, I want to get All your opinion. All of the three of us were Yeah, Laurinus was there, uh, who was working at J12 at the time. Yeah. He really was into it and giving you guys a lot of advice. And, I mean, this was, yeah, this was early April 2019. And then you already won Gold Raven in May. And now here you are. It's going to soon be a year later, but you've a lot has happened, but I feel like it also went from like zero to 100 and sped up really quick. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I think the first meeting I had was with the finance inspection here in Sweden. <laughs> so we, we really wanted to make it a reality as soon as possible. So the second I could kind of put my thoughts on paper and kind of, you know, put it in bullet point form so it would look nice, uh, we just send an email to the finance inspection and we're like, hi, we got this idea. What can we, can we make this happen? Mm -hmm. So that was, I, I got the idea on the 30th of December, 2018. I remember cause I was on a <laughs> flight back from Paris. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and I just kind of, it was like a one and a half hour flight and I just wrote down all my ideas and then I sent it to all my friends. Mm -hmm. And then the week after that, we got together, talked about it, booked a meeting with Francis Bacon and then it's just been uh, just working since then, basically. Yeah, wow. So scan your CV for us and let us know what kind of you were, what you were, what were you doing before Waves and... What was I doing before Waves? I feel like nothing, yeah. really. Your just, life began. Yeah. <laughs> Rebirth. I, I, I was yeah. just a fetus, like, <laughs> no, really. Um, no, I, I, I've been doing a lot and I feel like everything I, I was doing felt like th this is it, you yeah. know? So kind of in um, reverse chronological order, I'd say uh, I worked with uh, Hedvig, mm -hmm. which is yep. another startup here in Stockholm. Going very Insurance. well for them. Yeah. Insurance startup. So I, was, uh, I joined the, their team very early, I think, in um, sometime in 2018. Yeah, it was like 
June 2018, mm-hmm. or no, like March yeah. uh, 2018. And, you know, I'd, I'd say like one ad- piece of advice I'd give people is uh, just don't, like always try. Like yeah. I can yeah. probably say ev- everything good that ha- that's happened to me, <clears throat> be it in relationships or work or anything, has probably started with me counting down from three and going up and talking to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. That's very good advice. That's so a great piece of advice. That's, that's how I got into Hedvig. Uh, so you just approached the CEO. Yeah, Lucas? I, I was just like, no, it was uh, Yom yeah. Ardelius, the yeah. CTO, and I was like, uh, I, I saw some of your posters, and uh, you know, I'm 19, and uh, <laughs> like, but I really like what you are doing. I really like what you're doing. I I know some programming. I've taken like an online course in um, natural language processing, and you know, I'll just take me on as an intern, whatever, <laughs> like. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess, I guess he kind of liked my vibe, and uh, we vibed, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were joking about yeah. on our last podcast. Vibe is such a millennial word. These days. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I kind of like that, you know, uh, talking about millennials. The fact that we can kind of appreciate what's not said. Yeah. Because you have a lot of encounters where people are like, "Oh, I have you. I hope you have a fantastic day. All right." And you're like, yeah, the vibe was off, though. Yeah. So it's nice that we have a word for, for yeah, that. Yeah, um, the feeling. That's true, the feeling. The feeling. Yeah. Yeah. The all about the feels, right? Yeah. And I do think that's a really important part of anything that you do, that you actually be genuine about it, because then otherwise the vibe is off and everybody's going to feel it. And mm. yeah, nobody's th- going to want to work with you. I think Hedvig taking you on so young as well is also like really interesting because, again, you can teach people how to do things, but yeah. at the end of the day, and this is what you see in early stage investing too, is people know there may be no prototype or any expected returns in the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. but team is the most important thing. And yeah, you really if, invest in team. Yeah, if your investors know that you have a really solid, well-founded team, I mean, no matter how many pivots you do, you're probably going to find the solution to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you just so, have to be invested yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's really about high quality candidates. That was nice. Investing <laughs> yourself, and then <laughs> someone might invest in you later. So True. you had an internship at Hedvig. Yeah, at, exactly. Did you work anywhere else, or intern? Yeah. So while I was working at Hedvig, I was also working at this consultancy mm-hmm. uh, that was founded by this kind of famous dude, actually. Okay. Uh, wow. On YouTube, yeah. uh, his name is. Uh, <clears throat> Ivan uh, Ivan Lillequist, okay. also called Ivan on Tech on yeah, YouTube, and he's yeah. like the biggest blockchain uh, YouTube guy. I've seen him around Epicenter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we used to work there until I got kicked out. Maybe I should <laughs> say that, but no, that's basically, fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We just, uh, I mean, it's really good to show people. Like again, try things. I mean, you're not guaranteed to succeed with everything. And yeah. as we said last but time, failure is not learn. a bad thing. Yeah, you're exactly. always gonna that's learn, so yeah. and you're just gonna find out what path is more suitable to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Okay. So you were working on. Yeah, you were so into blockchain. You even. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was it was embarrassing how much I was into blockchain. <laughs> I remember like my friends like we used to go to parties and they'd be like, Hey, tell her about the blockchain, dude. Tell her, <laughs> <laughs> tell her about the blockchain. <laughs> That's Did a good pickup line. <laughs> Dog. I mean <laughs> I mean no. <laughs> no. Uh, but um 
yeah, so I was really into blockchain. And I mean, that's kind of also what, I guess, got me into it because people were just like, okay, this dude is crazy. Like, he, he loves blockchain. Like, He's talking about it at parties. <laughs> yeah, so... Best pickup line ever. Yeah. It, it works the same way. We had an event with uh, Ivan yeah. uh, at Istort. Mm -hmm. He came and talked about blockchain. And I count. I did a countdown from three. I went up mm -hmm. and talked to him. And I was like, dude, I really like what you're doing. Uh, I'm really build. into blockchain. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> no, but he was like, oh, that's great. Because I'm actually starting a consultancy. Uh, it's oh. uh, me and other... Another guy called Erik and uh, my friend from uh, from university, Philip, and uh, he called me two weeks later and I, mm -hmm. I joined their consultancy. Wow. And I mean, I just watched his videos and, you know, <laughs> I, I know, like, I was studying computer science at this point uh, at KDH because I'd chosen that kind of special, special, that specialization, specialization. Yeah. Um, at, um, uh, at industrial engineering. So, like, I knew all the basics and then, you know, Blockchain isn't that complicated. It's just a new form of database, oh, it's basically. It's not, okay. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> that's well, maybe that's something well, we should get into next. If, if you know the hard stuff <laughs> yeah. that already exists, then it's not that big of a leap to go mm -hmm. into blockchain. Mm -hmm. uh, so for a computer scientist, it's not that mm -hmm. hard to understand. Uh, I could probably explain it to you in 10 minutes. Okay. Well, well, that was my job. So then all of a sudden, I went from you know, just being a dude who had watched yeah. some YouTube videos on blockchain to, to being a consultant to being a consultant and getting paid way too much money to go and explain to like tech CEOs what mm. the blockchain was. Um, so I think you just have to be very courageous, kind of uh, very courageous. That sounds pretentious now, mm. but uh, you just have to kind of take trust, a faith. take a leap of faith and yeah. just trust uh, trust that you know stuff because you know I <clears throat> I have a lot of uh, like friends in school that are super smart I mean great wicked smart and mm -hmm. like so much better at me in kind of everything <laughs> that I could mention mm -hmm. but they just don't like kind of believe in themselves yeah so yeah. they they never kind of take that leap you know yeah and that um, really goes into the other questions we had which was like how much experience do you think one needs to have before they start an adventure and yeah, you kind of are completely talking about imposter syndrome, too. People who are completely competent, but don't believe in themselves enough to think that they should do that or be in the place that they are at. Yeah, um, I, I, I think that it's, it's a lot about conviction also, because mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, I mean, it could be either about feeling that like you're not competent enough, uh, and I think that happens both to entrepreneurs, but also people who get like they get promoted into a position and then they feel like they get responsibilities that they're not at all um, equipped, equipped, for, maybe? equipped for. Exactly. Um, well, I, I think it's really about feeling that you do have a place. You can maybe learn a couple skills or two. You know, I maybe I sound too kind of brushing it off, but. You, you can really learn everything. Uh, I think to me you sound like a very ambitious and uh, driven person. How much time would you say that you spend working on your venture right now? Uh, I, I, I don't really count hours, but I mean, I, when I sit in class, I work on it. <laughs> I work on it after class and uh, on the weekends. So I'd say probably like 
better question is, when do I not work on it? So it's like... <laughs> uh, okay, here's the question. How much time do you actually spend on school a week? Oh, <laughs> I, this probably stayed constant, to be honest. I, <laughs> it, it's not so much about the venture. It's yeah. more about, like, my how I do school. Yeah. And, like, I, like I, my whole life, I've always been, like, doing stuff last minute. <laughs> so <laughs> it really depends. There's There's moments where I have a lot in school. Yeah. And then... I, I don't really count hours either, but mostly I'll, I'll just study the, like, couple of days before. Do you feel like it's difficult to balance having both the venture and being a student at the same time? Well, for me, obviously, my priority is the venture, so, no. Okay. You have to set your priorities, it mm. feels like. Yeah. I mean, if you if you have priorities, then it's, it's, it's not hard. I mean, everybody has as much time in the day, mm. and, you know, if... I'd be a lot sadder if if the venture failed than if I get an F on a test. So mm. that's my priority, and that's how I organize yeah. my time. That's maybe a blessing from the Swedish university system is that you are allowed to do retakes here. Oh yeah, you and mean... still get full credit. And at KTH as well, if you get a not as great grade on an exam, you can retake it to get a higher grade. Yeah. I so mean... we we are very lucky in terms of that. Yeah. And also, university is free. Yeah, so it's I not know. as much of a risk here. Yeah, going mm. back to how you had a pending seat at UCLA, I mean, you definitely saved a lot of money stay, uh, staying here in Sweden, but I mean, that's not a luxury, so to say, that many people have. I mean, we pay for it with taxes, but I think that also is a very unique thing about Sweden is that we kind of get financial sponsorship to go to school, but on top of that, we don't have to worry about tuition costs, mm -hmm. which is really great, and I think it also maybe makes you less stressed when you are studying and to form a venture on the side i feel like it's not yeah i i don't know how to explain that but i would just say that the risk is lower yeah failure is not as bad you can yeah. pick yourself up the downside is mm. not that bad yeah and i know that eric berini is one of the top kind of serial entrepreneurs and investors here in sweden too he's talked about how csn is like which is the grant we get every month from the government to study it's around a thousand dollars a month uh that's kind of the perfect funding for students to start their own ventures and stuff <coughs> too because you're getting paid to study necessarily but depending on your school and the difficulty level of your program i mean you, there probably is some extra time for you to work on your venture too Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've probably spent more money on UCLA than I have <laughs> on KDH. And I've still racked up, like, student loans. And so you get kind of, you get a grant each mm. month from the Swedish government of, like, how much? Like, think, $300. Yeah, $300. $300. And then you can take loans, which are more or less interest-free, uh, of, like, $700. Yeah. And I've racked up maybe over four years, like... No, twenty thousand dollars. It's the same for me, yeah. And it's really I mean, nice. that would be one year of university in the And US. you don't even at have a, to pay them back school. until yeah. you you have a good income. So yeah. like, I it's just free money for me. So. <laughs> uh, but how would you view this hustle culture? Oh, I'm I'm not a hustler, <laughs> by any stretch. I you, I don't believe in hustling. I, I don't. So you take your breaks because I know I still see you like quite a bit, and we get to see our friends still semi often. But I think you still know how to kind of take time off and relax and enjoy time with your friends when you need to. Well, you know, I think that's something I've learned too, because I had a lot of people don't know about this because I I was kind of doing it on my own, 
Mm. But in, in second year, I had this company called Eva mm. that I was working on and I went to China for it and everything. Wow. And it was just me. And then I met this guy in China that was studying at Chalmers. He's now doing his PhD in quantum computing. Really, really cool guy. Um, but I kind of went around it the, the wrong way. That's probably for another podcast. But during that period, I kind of really isolated myself. I was like, dude, I'm going to change the world with this one. And <laughs> I didn't see anybody. And, you know, like I didn't even like spend time with my family at that point mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know when it eventually failed uh yeah You're i felt like, like hey shit. everyone i'm back yeah and i felt like shit so yeah. you know i'm i'm not going down that path again yeah. so i, I try I to have there too yeah you I, have to have a work-life balance otherwise you can't perform at either yeah. yeah i mean there's never really a balance but you at least need to make an effort to still have a social life and see your family yeah because they're the people that are going to be there for you no matter what yeah and, um, you know, so I try to at least have one day a week yeah. where I, like, don't work. That's so. exactly the same for us. Usually yeah. Saturdays. Uh, exactly. But that was why it was perfect for all three of us to meet today to yeah. record. Because <laughs> yeah. no one had anything else planned. Yeah, but yeah. Th this, is, this is a social event for me, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how were you able to bring your idea to reality? What resources were available to you and where did you go? Um, so at the very start, you know, in Sweden, what I think, first of all, is that people are kind of just open to talking. Mm. So I feel like if this were in the U.S. or in France, we would not have gotten that first meeting with Finances Bakunen at all. The first meeting. Yeah, because yeah. they'd be like, who are you? you <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing here? So I, I think, first of all, that's really important that we just could go and talk to, like, the, I guess, the SEC. Mm -hmm. It would be in the U.S. or I don't know what it is in France. But yeah, the Finance Inspection Agency. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and just ask them about what they thought. And they were like, ah, ah, I guess I guess it's cool, you know. And people are really encouraging, too. Yeah. Which uh, which is a nice culture. And we got to talk to some, like, professors at KDH were really nice. And um, also playing kind of the student card, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, we're... We're investigating this thing for school. Yeah. What do you think? That that also opened a lot of doors for us. Yeah. So that was really cool, starting up. Um, then obviously we had KDH Innovation, yeah. which is kind of this... It's the school's incubator and entrepreneurship mm. promotion yeah. department. Yeah. So actually we, we applied. Uh, like, I don't know, they opened in... Um, their, the application in February, mm. and we just started like in January. So we were like... Oh yeah, we're just gonna apply, mm -hmm. and yeah, we obviously didn't get in because we what? hadn't really thought yeah. about it yet. Um, but then, two months later, we won the like um, uh, entrepreneurship competition at, at yeah. uh, the Stockholm School of Economics anyway. Yeah. So we got into the uh, incubator at uh, Stockholm School of Economics, the SSE Business Lab. Yeah. Yeah, which, which we hope really to bring cool. Julia on one day because she was a student founder herself too, and she's now the CEO oh, yeah, she's of SSC Business Lab. She's amazing. Yeah, she's doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. She and even sold her venture. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. She's a great. She has been a lot. Hmm? Mm. Okay, so you were at SSC Business Lab. Yeah, I was for six at... months. No, it was just over the summer. Okay. So it was this program called Activate. Mm. Yeah. So then we basically got to meet a lot of other founders, mm. got a lot of resources, got an office. Mm. Uh, and through that, actually, we met our, <clears throat> our, um, our other founder. So mm. at that point, it was just, uh, it was still me, uh, my 
two best friends from uh, uni yeah. and also another friend, uh, Emily, who yeah. had joined maybe a month later. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, those two original guys uh, left mm-hmm. uh, eventually, or very recently mm-hmm. actually. And uh, so now it's Emily, me, and a guy we met just after the uh, the incubator, mm-hmm. uh, actually mm-hmm. from uh, working at um, one of the larger banks here in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess he's still working, so we call him kind of a founding advisor, but yeah. he's been very, very involved in yeah. both the product development and kind of the sales process. Mm-hmm. So that has been very helpful to, uh, yeah. to us too. And you originally had a co-founder, one of your friends who was studying at the Stockholm School of Economics. So that's why you were able to apply and get access to their business lab. Exactly. Because that's like the best of both worlds, utilizing the resources from both schools. So that's maybe also advice we could give people is don't form a homogeneous team. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I think that's Yeah, right. because you want people from different schools, different backgrounds. And you obviously need diversity. Have, yeah, different you competencies. You diversity in any team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a company at both at the start and at the end of the day is just mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. uh, the more people you have, the more kind of different competencies you have is super important. I mean, most companies probably need somebody technical still. Yeah. Uh, that's true. To to but build also, a product, but, but you also need a good people's person. You absolutely. need a good operations person. You need absolutely. a great marketer. I mean, CEO in the beginning of a startup is very different, but down the line it becomes so operational and very symbolic. You need someone to do accounting. Yeah. So there can be a lot of growing pains as well. And maybe if you were CEO at the beginning, maybe you're not the best fit for it down the line, but you can still stay somewhere where you're the a better fit within the company. Absolutely. Yeah. That's also something interesting, something you haven't gotten to yet, but I mean, a lot of, yeah, startup CEOs don't stay in that seat. I think that was super interesting with Klarna and Sebastian Simiakowski, for example, and some of the other founders ended up yeah. leaving after their big success. Yeah, I, I do think it's it's important to have um, a lot of different competencies and also kind of know your role. Yeah. Because there was yeah. one point where... I was doing a lot of the programming. Uh, so at the beginning, I was I was uh, very involved in the, in the tech part and thought that that was going to be my position, like kind of forever. Because mm. you know, I I kind of see myself as a as a very technical person and uh, appreciate that. And um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think that it's important that the CEO understands the tech, mm. but not necessarily is involved operatively because then you. It obviously takes a lot of time, and there was at some point it just kind of felt like the whole company spiraled into one big hackathon, <laughs> and everybody was trying to code without really knowing where we we're going, and that's why someone I think needs to lead. It's important to take a step back and yeah. not get too involved with the product, really, mm-hmm. because as you said, you have to, as they always, the kind of the mantra, mm-hmm. uh, don't fall in love with the product, fall yeah. in love with the problem. So yeah. yes, uh, so true. Yeah. But you've never actually taken any entrepreneurship courses. Um, well, when when I was in China, actually, I okay. took I was studying entrepreneurship at Shenzhen University. Yeah. So, so were you in China for an exchange, or how come you went there? No, it was um, I got like a scholarship to study uh, for over the summer at Shenzhen oh, University, right. which uh, which was really cool because Shenzhen is uh, known as like the Silicon Valley of China. Mm-hmm. So that's where they ha- have all like the high tech manufacturing plants. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the HQs of like massive uh, Chinese uh, tech corporations like Tencent, mm. 
Mm. Uh, so it was really cool to go there, and I got to develop my first failed venture. So yeah, so really <laughs> something to be proud of for every yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so to finish off, we're gonna do a few questions, which I would like you to just on top of your mind. Those are the first thing that comes into mind. Yeah. Try to answer them as quickly as you can. Okay. So no. Uh, no pressure. No. Uh, no pressure, but <laughs> be fast. Who is your biggest role model? Uh, Plato. Plato. Who? Plato. Plato. The philosopher. The philosopher? Yes. Wow, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Who do you call when you get bad news? About jobs or like... Anything in life. Ooh. My girlfriend. Okay. What about good news? Who do you call that? Uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> Who is your dream dinner companion? Uh, like that's alive right now. It could be alive or dead. Oh my god. Plato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's say somebody who's alive to make it easier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Noam Chomsky. Who? Noam, Noam Chomsky. Chomsky. Okay, wow. I've read him even. Yeah. 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 He, he's really good. He does a lot on international relations and mm. political science. If you went away, what would you be doing? Mm, I'd probably be uh, <laughs> applying to graduate school. Okay, maybe then you would go to the U.S. Probably, probably. Yeah. My yeah. my little brother is going to the U.S. I'd oh. like to study with him actually. Oh, where? Oh, that's great. Uh, to New Jersey at Princeton. Oh. Wow. wow, nice. Which uh, is your favorite book? There's one I read recently, Simulacre and Simulation by Jean Baudrillard. Was it in French? Yeah. <laughs> Sounded French. Yeah. What's your favorite TV show? Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> I haven't watched Great. it. And do you have any <laughs> final parting advice that you would want to give to a student interested in starting a venture? Or what has been the biggest learning you've had out of everything? Um, the biggest learning I've had is uh, probably if there's something you want to do, don't take five different ways around it and be like oh I'm gonna do this and that and this and then I'm gonna do it just do it right now and um, also be nice to people around you because uh, you're, you're gonna meet all those people later on yeah and uh, don't don't be afraid to just tell people what you're interested in and yeah. uh, ask them for a job or ask them yeah. to give you advice yeah yeah that's great ask them for coffee yeah yeah Ask them for a fika. Exactly. Ask them for a fika. And then you have a conversation story because you're like, what's fika? And then yeah. you're like, oh, this is a Swedish thing. Uh, super fun. And it's an excuse make them to eat sweets. Yeah. Yeah. Get a cinnamon roll. Have some coffee or tea. It's the best <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us here today. This has been a really fruitful and great conversation. I mean... I think it's been a lot of fun to hear about your journey and your experiences sure. so far. Yeah, and as we said, both the the successes and the failures and the ups and the downs, I mean, nothing comes easy, right? And there's like, it's always a roller coaster. So it's really great to hear how you've really like learned so much over the past few years. And we're really excited to see where you're going to go in the next few years. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Uh, so again, for those who are interested in checking out Waves, you can go to www.joinwaves.com, G-O-I-N-W-A-V-E-E-S, and 
you could follow them on social media or I think put in your email as well to be the first to know when the product launches so that you can start to invest more sustainably. Thanks for listening to the Unipreneurs podcast with us. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.unipreneurs.com and be sure to follow us on social media.